lot of things are happening in our world today. There's a, a terrible war, atrocity going on in Israel. We know that Israel is God's chosen nation. It's the, uh, the Jewish nation is God's chosen people. He chose them, and because he chose them, he has asked us to choose them because he said the nation uh, uh, that blesses Israel, I will bless. And you may be wondering, why, why does the church, why are they always for Israel? And, and our nation uh, uh, has been one nation under God in the past. And it's, it's imperative that we understand the things that, that uh, God values, we as a nation have to value in order for us to be blessed by God. We have to bless God and bless the things and the people that God blesses. And so that's why we bless Israel. And we just want to uh, continue to pray for Israel and pray for peace in Israel. Um, pray for the Palestinians that they would come to know Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are or what your background is. There is room at the cross for you. And uh, I'm so grateful that God didn't say Randy couldn't come. And I'm so grateful that God didn't say uh, he's for everybody to come into his kingdom. Uh, but we must humble ourselves. I want to talk to you uh, th this morning about the lion and the lamb. The lion of Judah, which is Jesus, it says the lion of Judah shall break every chain. The chains that, that bind us up, the sin that takes us down, said those chains will be broken but he came as a lamb, and because of that, it was a challenging thing for our world. When Jesus came, it was challenging because they didn't respect Jesus because they wanted a king who would come on a big white chariot with, with six albino stallions prancing through the streets of Jerusalem, and then Jesus comes on a donkey riding through Jerusalem the most humble way that, that you could imagine. And they're like, no, -uh, no, 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 no. That's not what I thought. That's not what I expected. And so I'm not going to go there because it's not what I thought. Now, I know we don't do any of that. But I want you to turn to the book of Revelation chapter 5. When you go to the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation, it's the revelation of John, and uh, it's not the book of Revelations, it's a revelation, not plural, but singular, a revelation that God gave to John, and he revealed the things that would happen in the future of our world today. Uh, the next event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church is when the scripture says that we'll be caught up to be with the Lord. It says the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. And then it says so shall we ever be with the Lord. It's a day that the church is looking forward to. It's a day that we're excited about. And he says that we should pray for the Lord to come. We should pray for Christ's return. When was the last time you prayed that Jesus would come back to take us home? It should be something that we're excited about, but instead many times we say, well, a day above ground is better than the alternative. I'm telling you, it's not true. 
It's not true. If we really believe what we preach around here, it is better when we get to heaven and I'm ready should Jesus choose to come back before this service is over. This cowboy preacher is ready to go and I just pray, oh God, that you would help us to value the people in our lives because he's coming back for a church that's looking for his appearing. So I'm excited about that. The lamb and the lion. If you have your Bibles, it's Revelation chapter 5. He talks about the churches. In the previous chapters, he talks about the churches and the things that he's pleased with and the things that he's not pleased with. Did you know that it's a gift for us to understand what God is pleased with? It's hard for me to understand if I don't know what is pleasing to God and what's not pleasing to God. It's not like he left us clueless about what pleases him. And if you want to read it, don't do it while I'm preaching. But in the book of Revelation, read about the churches. And you'll find a very similar thing that Jesus uh, revealed to John about what was going on in the church. And we have many of those things happening today in the church, the good things and the bad things. And we, as a local assembly here, we have to understand that we want to do things that please Jesus. We're not trying to build a religion. We're not trying to build a denomination. What we are doing, we're building a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're not here so that you can just elevate the Lone Star Cowboy Church to another level. We don't care about that. We want to elevate Jesus because he is the one who is worthy to be praised and worthy to have honor. Revelation chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Then I saw a scroll, John talking. I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. Talking about God the Father sitting on the throne. There was, there was writing on the inside and the outside. On the inside and the outside of the scroll. And it was sealed with seven seals. So on the scroll... There was writing on the front. There was writing on the back. It was complete, completely filled where nobody could add to it and nobody could take away. And I saw a strong angel who shouted out with a loud voice, Who is worthy? Who is worthy? Who's worthy to break the seals on the scroll and open them? But no one, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy. We have to understand the the brevity of this moment because if nobody could open the scroll, the world as we know it could not be remedied. The world as we know it could not have the information. The prophetic word of God could not be fulfilled without somebody's authority to open the scroll. Time 
stood still. When we get as serious about who God is as Paul was about, or as John was about who God is, and when we get as serious about the prophetic word of God, what God says will happen, when we understand the value and how sincere and necessary it is for God's plan and his prophetic word to be fulfilled, when something isn't going right, Somebody's got to take it serious in the kingdom of God. Somebody's got to weep over God's plan not happening. And we live in a world today, in a lot of situations, God's plan is not happening. But I want you to know that we have to take courage because he has overcome. Let me get on here. I'm getting getting excited. I'm sorry. He said, I wept bitterly. I want you to understand that. I wept bitterly because no one was found worthy to open or to unleash these events that culminate the end of this fallen world as we know it. To open the scroll and to read it. One of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping. Hey, John, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah the heir to David's throne has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll in the seven seals. Talking about Jesus here. Then I saw a lamb. Well, now, wait a minute. Let's not get confused here. There is a lion there, and now the lion is a lamb. Stay with me. I'm gonna, we're going to get all this figured out here I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered (laughs) oh goodness the lamb and it looked as it had been slaughtered the lamb of God that took away the sins of the world that was slaughtered on the cross for for my sins, for your sins, since it looked like he'd been slaughtered. But it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represents the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. And he stepped forward. And he took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll from the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song. (laughs) They sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seal and open it. Because of the work that you did, Jesus, you are worthy. For you were slaughtered and your 
and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe, from every language, from every people, from every nation, and you are worthy. I don't know how you sit still when I'm telling you something so good. And you have caused them to become a kingdom. You caused us to become a kingdom of priests unto God where we have access. We are priests unto God and they will reign on the earth. Talking about the millennial reign of God when all of the judgments of the tribulation have, have come to pass, then there will be a thousand years of a millennial reign with Christ and we will come back because we will be raptured with the church. The church will be raptured prior to, we believe prior to the eight, seven years of tribulation and when we are raptured, then we will come back to rule and reign over the earth, over those who made it through the tribulation I know it's a lot, but you can Google it later. <laughs> Make sure you listen to the right people. Goodness, there's a lot of opinions about all of this. It says, then, verse 11, I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders, and they sang a mighty chorus, who a mighty course, worthy is a lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. And they sang, blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, a man and the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the lamb. I'm going to tell you something. People, when I read stuff like this, when I think about and I hear about the worshiping side of it, and then I look at the way we do church today. I'm not sure that we're doing it right. Because right there, there is an awesome overcoming of the presence of God right there where they fell down on their knees and on their prostrate before God and said, you are worthy just being in the presence of God. And I just, I just kind of like to have a little bit of a paradigm shift here at the Lone Star Cowboy Church in the middle of worship where we all come down, we come down to the altar, we worship and we pray and we worship during the time. It's, listen, this isn't, this isn't like a, a real formal thing anyway. Who made, up, who made up the thing that you had to sit in seats and formally be quiet all through church? That's, I'm telling you. I don't think that's who we need to be. We, we, got, we got children's church over here and the children are worshiping over there and, and that's great. But I'm going to tell you something. They're probably not going to have children's church in heaven. We're probably all going to be together and all the babies crying and everything. I mean, the babies making noise, everybody making noise. And we're going we're gonna, to, it's, it's not like we're going to go, man, I wish they shut up. <laughs> I can't hear what that preacher's saying. I can't worship like that. Hey, let me tell you something. We don't do church for you. We do church for him. We come for him. 
Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the earth. The, the Lamb, the Lion became a Lamb. I got to keep moving. The, the elders in this story represent the overcomers, those who overcame. Evidence of the church's exemption from the great tribula tribulation. And God is God the Father seated on the throne. He rules the, the universe. He has the right. He has the authority. He has the power to end this world as we know it. The reason he has the power to end the world as we know it is because he's the one who created the world. I don't care what the Darwin people say. God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You probably heard me say it before. We didn't start out as little amoebas in the sea, swimming in the sea, and then um, being a, a chimpanzee hanging from the tree and then wind up being a doctor with a PhD. That ain't the way it works. <laughs> Not the way it worked. I don't know what your teachers tell you down there at the high school, but in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It takes much more faith to believe in Darwin than it does to believe in God. That stuff is crazy. <laughs> worship is the most extraordinarily, extraordinary kind. Worship of the most extraordinary kind overwhelms his senses, overwhelms John's senses as he sees what worship is about. I got to tell you something. I may not get done, but I, I think about I've, I've, I've tried to be tried to follow Jesus all my life, and I, I haven't always done a good job of it. But I've always run back to God when I messed up. But I've tried real hard, and and I always I kind of raised in in the environment that that. God was ready to kind of hit you over the head with a ball-peen hammer every time you messed up. Oop, gotcha, gotcha. And, and I, I don't, don't believe that, but what I do believe in reading this, I, I do believe this. I think that we, the, the litmus test for our hearts, I believe, is worship. Because I think if we can get our worship right, everything else is going to follow I think if we get the worship side of this thing right and have a heart to worship, because listen, if we're uncomfortable worshiping now, we're really going to be uncomfortable in heaven if we make it. Amen. We got to get comfortable worshiping Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. I just want to throw that out at you. That's just crucial. So it is the lamb who walks up to the one seated on the throne. He takes the scroll, and in the subsequent chapters in Revelation, he opens the seals. The scenes come forth that set in motion the events of the final days of this earth's history. And when these events are released by the Lamb, they rush forth with power and with fury, and all the hosts of heaven fall on their faces as they worship. The lamb, it is an incredible, humbling, and also astonishing scene. Here's the paradox. It is 
seemingly contradictory statement that may nonetheless be truth. Uh, how can a lion be a lamb? The two are opposites, complete opposites. One is the hunter and the other is the prey. One is the one you put in the cage and one is the other one is the one you put in the petting zoo. We've heard, we've all heard of an oxymoron, right? It's where seemingly contradictory terms are combined. It's an oxymoron to talk about jumbo shrimp. I mean, really? <laughs> I've never seen a very big one. I always, I always thought it was interesting when they say wild caught. I was like, do they tame some of them down before they catch them? I don't know. It's like, wild caught. I don't understand. Here's another one, fresh frozen. Well, <laughs> is it fresh or is it frozen? I mean, here's another, holy war. And we talk about cool heat. Whatever, is it cool? Is it heat? We don't know. Or here's one, deafening silence. <laughs> Ladies, you, you might enjoy this one. Spend thrift. Okay, I'll move on. <laughs> but here it is. His power was found, his power was found not only in his death, but also in his resurrection. Because with his death, he purchased the souls of men, but with his resurrection, he was made worthy to open this scroll for the prophetic future of the world. What is the meaning of this strange imagery that introduces the un and unleashes these end-time events? How does it apply to us? The first thing is, is that God's strength is disguised in weakness. The secret to God's great strength is in his apparent weakness. Look at the Lamb of God dying on the cross. Was there ever in the history of time a greater appearance of weakness on the part of God? You remember what they said in Matthew 27. It says, they taunted him and said, come down from the cross. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. In their estimation, they didn't get what they expected. They wanted the king to come in and, and, and free them from the oppression of the Romans. What they didn't understand is that this king was going to free the entire world as they knew it from that time on, from the oppression of evil, but they didn't understand it. And too many times in our world today, we don't understand the blessings of God because it's not done the way, the way we think it ought to be done. And God, if you're not going to do it my way, I'm out of here. Let me tell you something. It may be news to you, but you're not God. Never will be. And the more I hang around with God, the more I don't want to be God. I don't want to be in charge of my life. I want to give God charge of my life because he's going to do a much better job of it than I could ever do. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. 
I'll just go ahead and turn the page. The irony was that he was able to come down from the cross. He was able to come down. I hope you all get a hold of this. He was able to come down off the cross, but he chose not to. That's the difference. That's power under control. His strength was hidden, but it was God's most powerful moment. Make, make no mistake, this, in this humble act of God, the devil was shamed and the devil was robbed of his power over God. We will never know this side of heaven what terrible struggle, struggle took place in the spiritual world between Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday. There was a spiritual battle going on. The lion became a lamb. We keep wanting to have displays of power and have people see that we are on the winning side, but God is content. <laughs> God is content with this apparent appearance of weakness. God could actually win the world over through a cons consistent display of power. He could win the world over. You know that, right? I mean, all he got to do is probably what we would do if we was God. We'd get that little lightning bolt out, zap a few people, and uh, uh, we just toot on them a little bit the way we think they ought to be. But where would people's hearts be? Where would their heart be? What would they, would they love God for who he is? Or would they love him because he's just powerful? Would they love him or would they fear him? Would they want God to use their lives? Or would they want to use God for their purposes as kind of as their puppet? Even Christians fall into that trap of wanting God to be their puppet. What about a God... What about a God who appears to be weak? What if it looks like evil is winning and most people are on evil's side? What, it, it, I'm talking about our world today. In case you didn't catch, get a hold of this, I said, what if it appears like evil is winning? I don't know y'all coming with me or not. What if it appears like evil's winning in our world today? And we think that evil's got, I mean, God, I don't know where you're at. Where's God in this moment? I don't understand what's going on. I just don't, God, this just isn't right. There's just too many evil people in this world. I just can't take it anymore. Go eat worms. What if people who follow Christ are ridiculed? What if people who follow Christ are actually persecuted for Christ? What would happen to the church today if we were actually persecuted? We don't have a clue what persecution is. We don't know what it is. But I'm going to tell you something. It's probably coming down to that, and the sheep are going to get divided from the goats. We're going to have to be able to endure 
persecution. You might be saying, well, preacher, I come to church today to feel good. Well, I hope I'm helping you. <laughs> the truth will set you free. What if we must endure suffering to be a Christian? What then? So listen to this. Only people, only the people who truly love God, only the people who truly love God will choose to live for God. Only those who love God for who, is, who he is rather than what they can get out of him dare to be called by his name. We have to worship God for the right reason. Only those who love the truth regardless of how weak or irrelevant it, may, it is made to appear by the world will follow the truth. Matthew 7, 13, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. The reason it's wide is because there's more people running through the wide gate than there is running through the narrow gate. And I'm going to tell you something. We got to be the people who have patience to walk through the narrow gate. What power is hidden in this apparent weakness? Isaiah prophesied about it in Isaiah chapter 53. It says, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers are silent, so he did not open his mouth. The truth is, we are uncomfortable that Jesus asked us to join him in his weakness. You know, amen. It makes us uncomfortable that Jesus has asked us to join him in the template he set forth when he walked on this earth that we can also listen to this. Everybody say, Jesus said. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, take my yoke upon you, my yoke, carry the things that I've asked, that I carry, you carry the things I've asked you to carry, take my yoke upon you, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. You take my yoke upon you before, because I am gentle, and I've, I've owned a lot of horses in my life. The favorite horses that I love to be around are the gentle ones and the humble ones. If they're wild and wild caught, like the shrimp, Jesus said, everybody say Jesus said. Jesus said, Matthew 23, the greatest among you will be your servant. Slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also, you macho men. First Peter 2 21 
To this you were called. You are called to this, it says. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you in an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself. Everybody say, he entrusted himself. He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. You know, if we really trust God, he's going to walk ahead of us. He's going to be our defender. He's going to stand up for us. And uh, it is God who justifies. We are to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. That is the call of the church today. The reality is that he rules the universe despite what anyone thinks and he will bring the world to its appointed end. In 1 Corinthians 1.25, for the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. <laughs> the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. But God, everybody say, but God. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. <laughs> he chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, that are so that no one may boast before him. We don't have authority to boast. If we boast, we're going to boast about him and glorify him and honor him because he is worthy. God is in control. We hear that all the time, but to clarify, God is not in control of your life if you do not invite him to be in control of your life. God may be in control in some areas, but he may not be in control in all areas. But I'm going to tell you, if he's not in control of all the areas of your life, he's not in control of your life. And this is the challenge for all of us. I'm not talking about perfect people. Let me clarify here. I'm talking about, I'm talking about people who are real people who have made up their mind to humble themselves before God and to allow themselves to be teachable in the kingdom of God to be soldiers in the army of God and to walk in the light as he sheds the light in our path and to make him the Lord of our lives and understand that we are here for him and if we will be here for him then he will be here for us we cannot afford to get it vice versa and for us to tell God how he needs to be around us Okay, thank you for your amen over there. You get a gold star. So we can, God's humility, this is important for all of us, God's humility is born out of confidence. Did you know that you can be extremely confident and still be humble? You, in Revelation 6.15, Listen to what happens when the lamb opens the fifth seal. 
It says, the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? If there's anything in the world that should make us want to value talking to our friends and our neighbors and speaking the word of God and being ministers of the word of God, it should be this scripture verse here because when we understand what's going to happen at the end of the age here and for those who don't know Jesus, I'm going to tell you the most important thing we can do in our lives is just talk to people about Jesus. The football games, the team ropers, and everything else, nothing is more valuable than talking about the eternal things of Jesus. Amen. Revelation 17, 14, they will make war against the lamb, but the lamb will overcome. Y'all with me? The lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of lords and king of kings and with him will be his called and his chosen faithful followers. <laughs> the struggle is worth it. Everybody say it's worth it. Second Corinthians 12, 10, Paul said that that is why for Christ's sake I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There's a scripture, I just thought about this, it's not my notes, but it says, how can you Run with the horses if you can't even walk with the footman. Now, I just want to say this. I feel this on my heart right now. There's too many, I'm going to use the word Christians in the general sense. There's too many Christians that are more in tune with what people say about them than with what God says about them. They're more in tune about what people think about them rather than what God says about them. More in tune with what the world is saying than what God is saying. And I just want to challenge everybody in this room, everybody watching online, take a honest inventory of your life. I'm going to do this myself because I've, this isn't in my notes. I'm just shooting from the hip. I just challenge everybody. Please, please listen to what Jesus is saying to you and about you. And please don't allow the world to influence you over God. Because it happens. We all want people to like us. My name's Randy Weaver. I love it when people like me. Y'all with me? I'm going to tell you something. 
I cannot go against what God says if man pushes me to a point I have to go back to what God says because at the end of the day he is the way he is the truth in 2 Thessalonians 2 it talks about the power the, the power of evil is an illusion is anybody here uh, have trouble with in some area of your life you, that sin kind of it, it, you got a little kind of little thing a certain sin that you, you struggle with raise your hand if you got a little sin that you struggle with how about the rest of y'all <laughs> if, the, if you didn't raise your hand you need to struggle with that sin amen you didn't raise your hand, go ahead and struggle with it because if you're not struggling with it, somebody else is winning. Man, aren't you glad you come to church today? Evil is an illusion. The power of evil in our world is, is the illusion that this is, this is better than what God has for me. It's an illusion. And then we all know if, if you stick around long enough and you, you get through that and, and you allow God to win out over the evil and the illusion of sin in your life, then, then you look back and go, huh, why didn't I see that? I just want to say, everybody here, sin is an illusion. In Ephesians, or Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2, it said the coming of the lawless, lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles. Y'all pay attention. Just because it seems to be a miracle, we need to know that it's from God because Satan can bring the illusion of a miracle where we think God did it. He says all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders, and in every... And in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion. So that they will believe the lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted they got to the point where they delighted in evil. I see that today. In, our, in America today, I see a lot of people, it's extremely evil, and they're just so happy about it, and they're so delighted in their evil. I'm going to tell you something. It hasn't always been. Evil has not ever, in my estimation, just in my lifetime, it has never been more delightful for people than what I see today. People are actually delighting in evil. Truth, but have delighted in wickedness. So then, brothers, sisters, stand firm. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement. Aren't you grateful for that? 
and good hope, grateful encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and work. Strengthen, build up your strength in every good deed and every work. Find something to do for the kingdom of God and encourage yourselves in every good deed and work. I hear people say, you ask them how they're doing. It's, it's, uh, he says, people say, any day above ground is better than the alternative. Have you heard that? It's not true. It's not true. Why would we say that? If we really believe that eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him, we would be ecstatic to go to heaven today. Amen. But we have bought into the lie that this, this, oh, I don't know. I'm, oh. Listen, perfect love casts out not some fear, but all fear. And we we can't afford to be afraid of death because all death is is a promotion to get to heaven. Yeah. And if we believe all this stuff, we're going to start living it. We're going to start speaking. It's going to come out of our mouth. And we understand that, that there is coming a day when evil will be destroyed. That this earth as we know it today will be destroyed. That it will be burned. and There will be a new heaven. There will be a new earth. We hear people all the time in our world today, oh global warming is going to destroy the earth. Well the earth is going to get destroyed but it's not going to be because of global warming. It's going to be because God's going to destroy it. It's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. There will be a new heaven and there will be a new earth. For the kingdom of God has come down to earth. And God has to destroy the evil in this world and destroy this earth in order for the evil to leave. It has to be destroyed. And I read the end of the book. We win. We win. It. Ultimately, we win. The lion and the lamb. The lamb becomes a lion. And so we have to live our lives like we've got to do some paradigm shifts in the way we think. We can't afford to live the world, live our lives like the world lives it. And in some cases, sad to say, I'm just going to say it to y'all, but in some cases, we can't live our lives the way Christian people live their lives because a lot of Christians are afraid in this world today. They're afraid to live for Jesus. But that's not who we are. We're not going there. We're going to step up. We're going to be strong in Jesus. We're going to be humble. And in, it says in our weakness, he is made strong. Whether you want to, all you macho guys, whether you want to think that you're, well, I'm not weak, I'm not. Well, compared to God, you're pretty weak. We all need help. I guess I'm through preaching. I don't know if y'all are going to Texans games, but it doesn't matter right now. We got church. Hallelujah. Lord, bless your people, I pray. Touch our hearts. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand the power, the power that comes from knowing you, O oh God. Help us, Lord, not to be caught up in, in any of the evil ways of this world, O oh God. 
uh, it's so deceptive. And I pray for me, and I pray for everybody here, Lord. Help us to guard our hearts individually. Lord, help us to prioritize people. Lord, to not prioritize what people say to us about that would draw us away from you, oh God, but Lord, to uh, be soldiers in your army, oh God. And I pray, oh God, that you'd help us be strong for you. In Jesus' name, I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. If you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says this. It says we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. There isn't anybody in this building, including myself. We've all sinned. Everybody online, we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. But Jesus said this. This is the reason that, that he was the lamb was because in order for the saints, the people to be redeemed by the blood of the lamb, he had to make that sacrifice for us. But you see, in order for us to come into the kingdom of God, we have to accept that sacrifice. And by doing that, we say, Jesus, I am a sinner. We confess that we're sinners. We believe that you rose from the dead and we accept you as our personal savior. If you've never accepted Christ as your savior, maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him. Simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high, anybody. Preacher, that's me. Thank you, partner. We're gonna put a Bible in your hand. Yep, back in the back, thank you. Leave your hands up till we get a Bible. And anybody else, preacher, that's me. I'm not ashamed. I am not ashamed to say I got to have Jesus in my life. I want Jesus in my life. Anybody else, preacher, that's me. Anybody. Thank you, Lord. Anybody. Thank you, Lord. Back in the back, if you raise your hands, would you look up at me? Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? If you raise your hand, come on up here and let me. Yep, over here. Yep, thank you, partner. Yep, come on, buddy. Yeah, one more back. Yeah. Come on, it's a good day for it's a good day to kick the devil in the teeth. I'm proud of you, buddy. What's your name? Brad. Brad. Thank you, buddy. Stay here. I want to pray with you, okay? I'm proud of you. What's up, man? Look at you. Tell me your name. JP. What? JP. JP. Sweet. Come on. Come up here. Hey dog. Love you, man. Okay, so look here. This stuff is not complicated. We're the ones that complicate life. Jesus, he, he said, this is what he said. He said it's so simple that even a fool couldn't waver. It's like, he wants to make it simple for guys like me and y'all. So here's what he said. He says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. I can help you pray, but you have to individually believe in your heart. And this isn't just a one-time deal where you come down and you get your, your little membership to heaven thing. It's a life. It's a lifestyle. It's a commitment to Jesus. And, uh, well, y'all heard me preach all morning. But I want to help you with that, okay? And uh, so, so just repeat after me, but y'all believe in your hearts, okay? Just repeat after me. Just help us. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. 
Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm proud of you guys. Now listen. Y'all going to have the same problems you have when you come to church. But God's going to help you with them. Let, let, it's a process of, of God helping you through life. And truthfully, a lot of people come down and give their heart to the Lord. But sometimes we never see them again. I want you to know that you have to engage. It's not about this church. It's about the church. Of the, the, it's about following Jesus. You can't do it on your own. We're meant to do life with each other. So just encourage you to keep showing up and get baptized. Let us help you, okay? I'm so proud of you guys. Listen, go visit with these guys over here for just a second if you don't mind. Thank you, buddy. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Just stand with me, please. <coughs> Hallelujah. So this morning, honestly, I just want to pray for y'all. I really, I just feel very encouraged to, to pray for y'all, that you'll be strong, and that, that, that you'll engage in what God's called you to do as individuals, because we're, we're all called. Everybody say, I'm called. We're all called. We, we kind of messed that up years ago whenever we, we, we say people are called to ministry. Oh, he's, he, he got the call. He's got the call. Oh, please. That's not the deal. We all have the call. I just want to pray for you. Let's raise our hands and surrender to God. Lord, we lift everybody up to you. Lift everybody up to watching online. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that your word is living and powerful. Lord, Holy Spirit, please convict us in areas where man has spoke louder than you have. I pray that you convict us in areas where we have allowed the evil in this world to influence our lives. Lord, uh, purge us and cleanse us. Help us to be humble and teachable, oh God. We understand, oh God, that, that you uh, want us to be strong in you and to exhibit you, who you are. And Lord, may you rule and reign in our hearts and our minds and in our lives, oh God. And Lord, may we be strong in you, no matter what happens in our lives, oh God, that we would follow you and we'd be strong. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice that you made so that we could come into your presence and have access to you, Lord. We worship you. Lord, I pray that you'd help everybody with their hands up right now, that you'd help us next Sunday morning when we come to church, that we wouldn't just raise our hands at the end of church, but we would raise our hands through church, that we would come down to these altars. Lord, Lord, please help us, Lord, to be worshipers. And I thank you, Lord, for that. I'm so grateful for you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said. Hey, I love you. God bless you. Thank you so much. We got a prayer team up here if you need special prayer.